Hello, and welcome to KFAB, the podcast. Podcast about wrestling and fashion. But mostly fashion. Ooh, weird. Oh, oh no. I'm Christina. And I'm Sarah. And our beloved Katie is not here today. She is at a wedding. Katie is the best goddamn friend in the world and goes to everyone's weddings and I always looks fabulous. I've never known someone to go to more weddings than Katie. Katie and her and partner are like the most the best wedding guests truly and they always have a great time. That's true. They, they are take good wonderful guests. pictures. Yes. They like celebrate. They bring the dance party. It's true. So if you are fortunate enough to be invited to their wedding you better fucking show up yeah, no matter where you live. That's the end of the story. Honestly I don't know like how they're going to keep it at a, at a less than a football stadium with how many weddings they go to. I think to. it should be a football. It should be at like... Should they just go full Yeah, Beyonce? the Rose Bowl. They should be at the it's Rose just Bowl. the Carter's tour. <laughs> Basically. Uh, <laughs> Katie and Alex's wedding. That would be... Oh, I would love it. Yeah. We also have, of course, our beloved producer, Mike here. Hello, Mike. Mm. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm producer Mike. I'm a lifelong wrestling fan, and uh, these, these two are relatively new on the wrestling journey, so occasionally they'll throw to me to sort of fill in any gaps in their knowledge. Oh wow! Um, so this sweet. is not so much a mouse in a wall as just a the wisp of a wind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt like I was overdoing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christina, you set up the slideshow this time, and I gotta say, I had a good laugh when I opened it this Did morning. Did you? That's I your re- intro. I knew I. I am feeling, I think that I need to say this, and I feel like I say it every time we record because I always am crazy, but I feel fucking crazy, and I did yesterday, too, because I'm coming off, like, an intense work week, and my mother was in town, Mm -hmm. so I just haven't been home at all, and I've been, like, drinking more than I should and all that stuff, so I just feel... Look, I'm run down. It's hot. I feel crazy. So that leads into this because I was like, what's at 36? I was like, honestly, we're almost old enough for Christina to regularly match with on Bumble, but ultimately never set a date with because some people be dragging their feet. (laughs) And that's that's my experience with the apps. 36, man. I'm off the apps, um, Mm -hmm. but I usually match with people who are men who are like 36, 37, and then we like chat a little bit and they ask like intro they ask like deeper questions mm. and then like never set a date and I'm like I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> like I hate this. Anyway, I'm off the apps. Good. Let's get into it though. Ooh. So, we're going to get into some wrestling news. Rest in peace to legend Harley Race, who passed away August 1st. He was 76 years old. He was a legendary wrestler who had a career spanning 30-plus years, and he wrestled pretty much everybody, held pretty much every title, and was a true pioneer in the 60s and 70s. So, um, I'm going to talk about this more in a minute. I went to a wrestling show last night, and they actually did have, like, a moment of silence for him and they they rang the bell for him and it was really lovely actually everyone Mm. like stood up and was very serious about it but I didn't know who this was um could you tell us a little more you wrote the blurb Mike thank you yeah as always but what could you tell us a little more like what was his gimmick he has a king thing on I truly don't know a ton about Harley Race he's way before my time so he would be sort of like anybody from the 90s this Mm. would have been who they grew up watching he was mm. just sort of one of those like super old school guys from all accounts. So like that picture of him in the middle, I would say it's pretty indicative of him. Where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I think his gimmick was just a a, a tough a tough dude with a, a very like seventies curly afro, which mm. is crazy. He's got like yeah, he's got the real curly hair, long mutton chops, 
And then his hair really did not change at all. It just got lighter when he got older. That's it's amazing. Like the, the same across it. Wow. And that alone is an accomplishment, is it not? Seriously. I also really like his robe. He has a robe that is half red and half blue. Yes. That's a pretty good look. It's a good look. Very graphic. I Very, agree. um, well, I, it, I'd assume this wasn't the 60s at this point. This it looks, looks a bit 70s. older, But it looks like late 60s, early 70s. Yeah. Well, RIP Harley Race. I, I'm i going to mark him down as someone I want to like look into later. Because yeah. Because that's really fascinating. That is. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. And lighter news. Oof. A recent GQ article outlined Finn Balor's workout routine, or lack thereof, and we all read it. <laughs> Um, I already made this joke in the text chain, but I am going to do it again. But this article read like when you read a People magazine article with like a very thin actress and they're like, I love burgers. Mm -hmm. And it just read like that. It bummed me out. Like, I want to know what he actually does at the gym because I'm sorry, please. Yeah, because the whole thing, so to clarify, the whole thing in the article is he was like, no, this is a great point because he, he was like, I don't really do that much. Like, I'll do a few reps. I don't really do cardio. I really take it easy because I've had injuries. He said he doesn't do cardio. Yeah, he says he doesn't do cardio. Which honestly is fine. No, but the thing is, is that cardio is good for burning fat. But if you're Mm -hmm. already like a dude who is an athlete, like lifting is the best thing to do. Yeah. It burns more over time. So like cardio, I believe that he doesn't do cardio. I believe that. But then he was really, I mean, the whole point of the article (sighs) is it's like their real diet thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like you're supposed to actually talk about what you actually eat and do. And he kind of didn't do either of those he things. He didn't. Cause which I, I thought was really funny. I was really yeah, excited to read it. And I jokingly, too. like before I read it, I sent it to you guys and I jokingly said, should we all try Finn's diet for a month? And then I opened it and I was like, oh, what the hell? This is already my diet. He's I like, thought the same I, thing. I eat minimal carbs or no carbs. I eat vegetables, not a lot of meat. I eat a lot of almond butter and I was like I don't eat any meat yeah, he's and this like, is exactly what I eat he's like so. for breakfast I have eggs or a protein shake I'm like yeah man me too where are my abs yeah where uh, are they where's my definition um yeah so I didn't love it um it was very funny though he seems like a real dork he does he's adorable and you know like I guess I feel like I sound like I'm pissed about it but when I read it I was just like oh no I will actually do Finn Balor's diet because I think it would be funny um just yeah. like how sometimes I watch the Seamus videos and I try to do those workouts for like a minute I've tried filming myself for them to do it for us but it's just sad it's like not so even, hard well, it's not entertaining things just, like box jumps and like burpees I feel like unless you um, have perfect form it there's no way you can do them and not just look kind of ridiculous they're yeah. ridiculous movements I will say burpees are easier and when you get used to them I'm not a, currently in this state but when you get used to them and you do them you feel like a fucking superhero so I totally get it wow. but box jumps I will never stop falling yeah I don't think I don't I know I hit myself I got hard. a bum knee so I don't know about box never jumping do it. yeah never I do already it. have a bad knee and I am not old enough to have a bad knee so yeah but and sometimes you know you're standing on a chair to put Christmas ornaments up high in your closet and you fall off the chair and hit your knee on the side of your closet and then you have a bad knee forever. Forever? So everyone be careful. Don't oh my hit god. your knee. I know I probably like fractured my kneecap and never got it looked at. Oh my god wait when was this? Oh a couple years ago. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I you know. know what I actually have permanent nerve damage in my knee um which <laughs> came about because I went snowboarding and I lived in Wisconsin so I was like in high school uh-huh. and I hit a patch of ice and it hit my knee in a way <gasps> that I can touch one part of my knee and feel it move in another part oh my god and i literally so this was in winter mm-hmm. and then we get to summer and it is still purple black and blue <gasps> at the pool and my friend's 
dad who was a doctor was like oh yeah that's like really bad <laughs> i was like cool god knees are god's mistake i don't know why they're knees like are the, god's mistake. they are yes. they're like so they're so like slidey and bad anyway yes. well if my knees can handle it maybe i'll try fen balor's diet slash exercise regimen which is, what is doing whatever at the gym doing whatever is i think the quote so katie isn't here we had a little bit of extra time and I happened to have an interesting IRL experience last night. So we're going to do a little segment called Sarah Describes a Wrestling Show. Yay. So uh, I went to a show. It was Game Changers, Game Changers Wrestling. It was Joey Janela Presents Escape from L.A. So the promotion I was mean, Game Changer Wrestling. I expected to remember that, Sarah? I know. It was very hard. It's a long title. But Joey Janela, like, booked the show. Mm. And uh, my husband got tickets for it because he just, like, I don't know, finds tickets for everything. He's been going to a lot of wrestling shows he lately. He really has been. He loves it. And he, like, has figured out where he needs to look to find tickets for these, like, indie shows around mm. town, which is really cool. So last night we went to the Ukrainian Cultural Center, um, oh. which is over... I don't it's not too far from it's like east side uh so it's like a fun like place to go mm -hmm. also uh the building was really beautiful it's all like blue and gold inside their auditorium and it was really gorgeous so mm. it's kind of a nice spot for it but we had like third row seats <laughs> ringside and we were the side where the announce table was in the back so we had a really good view of everything which was great um so i was just kind of gonna run through these and my thoughts i have some I have, think I have a look from every match. Kyle, my husband, who's much taller than me, took pictures. Mm -hmm. um, so we can talk about their outfits a little, too. But Cool. Yeah, so the first one was uh, Jungle Boy defeats Jimmy Lloyd. I finally get Jungle Boy. That was my mm -hmm. <laughs> conclusion from this is, like, I'd seen clips of him before and didn't really get it. And then I saw him in person. And I was like, oh, he's extremely good looking. Mm -hmm. He's very charismatic. I mean, please, his father. I know. Please. Ugh. I, and I had a little twinge of the heart when I saw him because he does look like his dad, which is Aww. really, yeah, he's got a rounder face, but he like mm -hmm. eyes up, looks exactly like his father. Oof. And um, he's got like a pretty great like swimmer's bod and he's extremely athletic. He does a bunch of like flips, which I'm always really into. And mm -hmm. he's got this like great long hair that just like whips everywhere, which normally is not my thing, but it works for him. Um, Jimmy Lloyd, I had a picture of him I didn't put in here because his outfit wasn't terribly exciting. He had, mm -hmm. like, galaxy stretch pants on, <laughs> which is very fun. Yeah. Cool. He's but, going to a yoga class in Silver Lake. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. But Sounds they great. had a really good, like, <laughs> athletic match, and it was really fun. Oh, the other thing about indie shows that's great is, like, they don't worry about licensing their music, so they can just play actual, like, fun songs that you know as the fun. entrance music. So Jungle Boy entered to um, Jungle Life that song that everyone might know from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie which is pretty I rad. don't but that's funny <laughs> I won't try to sing it because it actually requires some vocal talent then we this was so this was an interesting one the next match was an intergender match oh. um this is their only female wrestler of the night Chris Statlander is her name and she wrestled mm. this guy named Chris Dickinson so I have a picture of Chris Statlander here battle of the Chris's yeah I know her outfit was actually really good mm -hmm. considering no, I, I know cool. they're like working on kind of a budget in this circuit but like she it, it's it's like a crop top and briefs but it was it's light blue and has like planets all over it she has a, like a space alien theme to her <gasps> fuck yeah that's she, exactly what i want to see it's very cool she came out to the kanye verse of et by Katy perry love yeah it was really good and she has like really interesting um they're almost like the sasha bank straps mm -hmm. on her legs 
But they seem to be giving her a little bit of trouble. She had to, like, adjust them a lot throughout the match. Yeah. Um, which I would worry about, too, with that, unless they're, like, perfectly fitted. And even then, like, even Sasha, you know, like, struggled with those sometimes. I wouldn't so. even fuck with them, to no, be honest. No, I would but... want less stuff on me. Yeah. But um, this match was, like, incredibly long hmm. and, like, really, really involved. So Chris Dickinson, the guy she was wrestling, was just this, like, gigantic, like, bald guy with, like, huge arms and he they both picked each other up several times which was very impressive but they were just throwing each other like full body throwing each other Mm. and they definitely didn't hold back based on the fact that she was a woman Mm. so producer mike wanted to know how do you feel about intergender wrestling in general how do you do you feel like you feel women should be able to wrestle and have storylines against male opponents or does it promote the wrong kind of idea should it be more regimented like in the wwe intergender tag matches are only women and only men uh he just is curious and i think that's a really good thing to discuss because i had a lot of complicated feelings watching this match interesting um like she totally held her own they it it didn't feel like she was the baby face so she definitely got like beat up a lot in the match so he could like be bad but she was a a very clear participant in it like none of that felt like underhanded I guess but there was one part where I had this like oh I don't know about this is he picked her up like over his head and threw her through a door so I should have said in this promotion instead of using tables they use doors it's the Mm. same type of like rigged thing where it's like basically foam core with like a thin piece of plywood over it but it's just a door shape instead of a table so there's no metal on it Mm. um it's just that like sheet but they put that up in the corner and like he full body threw it through it. That sparks for me too. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. And it was really, that part was where I was like, hmm, I don't know. Because theoretically I'm like, yeah, I think anyone should be able to wrestle anyone because you have control over, assuming you have control over it as a performer and you're comfortable doing that. You know? I, I feel like with people, um, when they question like what wrestling is now I'm more like well it's kind of like dancing in mm-hmm. a lot of ways like no everyone kind of knows what the moves they're gonna do are there's a lot of communication it's a lot of trust etc in your partner um and so because of that I'm very I'm pro intergender wrestling uh but re- honestly at this point only on a small scale yeah um if I really because I've thought about this a lot where it's like because it says it should be more regimented like in the WWE it's like no, because I don't trust the WWE to do anything with any kind of ethical yeah. background at all. Like, I feel like even though they're only supposed to, it's only supposed to be women versus women, men versus men, like, I still think the optics manage to get fucked up because they're, like, a terrible company. Yeah. But when it's a small promotion, there's more gray area to me. Mm-hmm. So I feel pro only because, I mean, as long as, I just don't like, like, slapping women or like things that feel domestic violency which the door thing makes sense yeah um and that's just because it highlights something that i feel like i'm personally just super sensitive to and like yeah women are in general just because it is a fucking problem yeah it's it's real it feels real at that point and when you have people cheering it it's really troubling that and that's where it feels like you're normalizing it when it's presented as entertainment and she never got slapped by him she slapped him several times which fine which was the only like other kind of like stereotypically gendered sort of move i would even see in it they were extremely evenly matched especially how they staged it she did end up losing um and but he talked afterwards 
and was like, she's mm-hmm. the best female wrestler I've ever faced. Like, I'm probably going to be at this level forever, but she's going to go places. She's really great. And like, they like hugged it out and like made That's a big cool. point of it. And they didn't do that after every match. Mm. Um, but they did it after this one. And I, I think it was, that was really good actually, because it like, yeah. it, it helped like, clarify what they were trying to do with it in a way which I think was useful I think that's super useful and especially just because being in crowds and stuff you would hear like hit or hit that bitch and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like I did I'm sure Mm -hmm. which that's frustrating Mm -hmm. but they can't control the optics of that like they I mean like they can't you know yeah make sure every person is a decent human being who comes into this show Mm -hmm. um but I do think that like the performers should be given some kind of agency with that. You know yeah. what I mean? And I do think that it's very possible that some men are like, I don't want to wrestle women. And some women are like, I don't want to wrestle men. And that's yeah. fine. Um, so, but also, yeah, I don't trust like a big corporation to do it correctly, but mm-hmm. I would totally trust like these seem to be more in line with uh, like my experience with like the music scene yeah. in my teens or, where it's like, yeah, we all kind of know each other and like fuck around. So it's a little mm-hmm. less... Aggressive. No, it felt it it felt totally fine in this instance. Except and, for and, that. Yeah. yeah, except for that one moment. And the crowd in general, I have to say, was pretty lovely. Um there was only a couple points where it got like that, but in general, you know, it's it's just it's just a bunch of dudes like in their thirties and forties wearing the mm. same t shirt and, and drinking a, a bunch of beer together. Mm. And wow. they were all generally like quite friendly you just described every group of men I know I know (laughs) but it's like you know the wrestling group of men but there are also a lot more women at this show than I've seen that's cool you know the two other shows I've been Mm -hmm. to so that was really cool too it was it was like a good crowd in general there was just that one moment I was like oh dear the optics aren't great our language has to evolve guys yeah um but then after that what the fuck (laughs) um there was a there was a comedy match so Mance Warner defeated Kikutaro. So this is Kikutaro. Hold on, that's he's, a thing we can do. Well, yeah. So he he's a, a comedy wrestler specifically, from what I can tell. But he's wearing a full-on bowling uniform, down oh to God. bowling shoes. But he has a mask on that's like a guy's face and like a mm-hmm. sideways baseball hat, and he's quite petite he's a short man and then he was facing this guy Mance Warner and I didn't get the picture on here I'm sorry Kyle you were so excited you got this picture but Mance Warner basically was wearing like a tank top and jeans and cowboy boots Mm. and he wrestled like that and was like wrestling in jeans is bad enough but wrestling in cowboy boots is borderline unforgivable uh but this was like very much a comedy match so like they they did a bunch of like little bits where like Mance Warner would try to like pull him down, but he would like hold him off with one hand. There was a point about um, Kikutaro like poking him in the butt and then like smelling his finger and passing out because it smelled so bad and then oh knocking God. out the ref with it. And These like, are like bits I do when I'm babysitting. Yeah, it, it did feel it felt like really kind of like childlike. It felt like a really good clown performance. Like I mean that mm. and like cool heart like a traditional clowning. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really well done and choreographed. But then the lights went down. And the lights came back up and the Mance Warner threw himself through a door in the corner. And then Mm. everyone's like, it's the invisible man. And that's when I found out there are invisible wrestlers. That's amazing. And there was another, um, and then invisible Stan was there too. So there were two invisible wrestlers and there was a door on the side of the ring that broke by itself because the 
invisible wrestlers were outside the ring That's throwing each other through the doors. Awesome. And it was extremely funny. So when Mance Warner won, he did a bow with the two invisible wow. wrestlers. And I lost my mind. I could not believe that I didn't know about invisible wrestlers. And Kyle's like, oh, yeah, this is a storyline they've been doing for a while. Who was the wrestler joined by God again? Remember when oh, we were like cry yes, laughing? Yes. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. Yes. yes. Yeah. So this is It is like that. It's a the little... same vibe. So then the next match was crazy. Uh, it was Alex Zane who defeated Blake Christian. So I we sent you guys a video of this last night. Yes. Um, Did these, you post it on the on Instagram? I posted it on the Gram too. Great. You Go guys check it out. Check it out because this was nuts. These guys did a ton of like extremely fast, like aggressive, high flying stuff. Mm. And they were going so fast they like missed a couple little things. And Yay. I was like getting worried about it already. They were very committed, but then they went to the corner and I was like, ooh, a ladder. Cause they pulled a ladder up and I was like, ladder stuff, fun. But then this red hair guy who's Blake Christian went up the ladder and there's so there's the entryway to this auditorium has like a ledge over it so you could pull a curtain across if you wanted to and it's maybe 20 feet up in the air Mm -hmm. and he he went up to the ledge and like walked along it and went up to the middle and then jumped down on top of the guy like in the middle of the crowd oh my god and oh yeah i saw that yeah and i was just like ooh, like you know that was where i had a real reckoning where i was like i could see someone paralyze themselves or get hurt because you don't feel like it's quite at the point where they're like everything is very safety controlled Mm. and like you know it had a little bit of that scrappiness to it still which Mm -hmm. made it incredibly amazing that he just like went for it yeah and that they didn't get hurt but these guys were like flipping each other very hard on the ground outside of the ring they hit their heads a couple times which concerns me i mean they were like going for it to an almost irresponsible degree some might say but this guy so alex zane had like purple and black like i said it was dominatrix black panther pants Mm. on and he has purple hair oh and blake christian has red and black pants which i said were bargain bin daredevil oh my god which was rude of me because daredevil's already bargain bin so really he's high class daredevil i'm obsessed and he has um so he has curly red hair he's a beautiful ginger but it's like shaved on the side so you just had like a little top knot of Mm. the hair and then after he jumped off the goddamn ceiling his elastic broke so then he just had this like little puff of hair (laughs) floating around which i thought was very funny um but that was truly one of the most remarkable things i've seen it was so scary uh then there was a six my my favorite the six-way scramble wow shane mercer defeated egotistico fantastico lucas riley matt vandergriff nate webb and tyler bateman (gasps) tyler bateman Mm -hmm. so this is Egotisco Fantastico. He had a really great, like, big winged mask on. Mm-hmm. Um, his pants said Ego on the side, and they're, like, red and gold and black and blue. Mm-hmm. And he had a cape. But they did a huge chunk of this match outside of the ring right next to us. And I also posted a, a or my husband posted a picture that he tagged me, you can find on Instagram, where you can see how close we were to just all of these. Wow. Like, they just like basically moved me out of my chair so they could like move the fight in my chair and oh then they also egotistico fantastico put a, a really petite girl that he found in the crowd in a chair and did a dive over her to like spear another guy right behind her which was very good that's rad everyone was very drunk by this point too so just like nah like screaming yeah. and it's they like- brought out a ladder they did a jump with a ladder onto a pile of people from the top rope love it it was great it was very close to me so it was a lot of me just like scrambling frantically out of the way Mm -hmm. but i loved it now Um, look are the beer prices crazy at these things they were eight dollars whoa yeah just checking 
Mm -hmm. So then uh, It's important to know It is important to know I only had one Good for you honey (laughs) Thank you Responsible and cheap Uh, (laughs) The next one Masato Tanaka Defeated Tony Deppin I put this in Mostly because This guy Who I guess is an ECW guy Masato Mm -hmm. Tanaka Took a really Really hard Chair shot Straight to the head Like to the point Where he just like Pointed at his head And was like Do it And the guy just like Wailed on him And then the chair Was dented afterwards So Mm. that was a lot uh, and then there was um, the first main event, which was Dustin Thomas versus Joey Janela, oh. and Dustin Thomas won. Dustin Thomas is yes. the double amputee wrestler, it's and it was really cool to see so him awesome. because, like, the way he has adapted like familiar wrestling moves to suit his body is really remarkable. Wow, that um, would have been incredible. It was so cool. What uh, an inspiring person. Yeah, he's really great and he's so I went and looked up because I was curious. He's mm. he said he has been a double amputee since he was about 3. He oh, had wow. like a spinal condition so he's just never mm-hmm. known what it's like to have legs and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't even think of it as being like yeah, weird at all. So he's just very used to like moving himself and like being physical and mm-hmm. so he felt like he could be a wrestler because he didn't think he had any limitations and that's amazing. It was so cool to watch him wrestle. That um was so so cool. So he and Joey Janela did a bunch of like really cool like stuff off the top rope too mm. that I would have like never expected to see. They did a lot of a lot of like twisting stuff. Mm. Um and it was really great. That's excellent. And Joey Janela yelled at everyone for not giving him enough respect, which I thought was funny. I love that. I do that too. <laughs> and he had really fun. Um, Before I go to bed, just pants. to me Yell and the at cats. your cats. <laughs> I don't get enough respect here. Hey. Uh, and finally, <gasps> so here's the yes. thing. I almost didn't go to this show because the main event was a hardcore match. I get really queasy with blood. And I didn't know about this, and my husband offered to take someone else, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to try something. Good so then you. I saw Nick Gage defeating Jimmy Havoc yes. for their title. So, Christina, you covered Jimmy Havoc. Me did, yes. He's the he's the fire inside. Yes, and now I've seen him in real life. How was he? Did he look like Goth Will Forte? He did he look does like, even in this He photo. did look like <laughs> Goth Will Forte. He's, like, not bad looking. His styling is I believe that. absolutely insane, but he's yeah. not, like, an unattractive guy. He comes out in this, like, long, weird, like, arcade fire coat, funeral-era <laughs> arcade fire coat. Yes. And um, then he was just wearing, like, a tank top and pants. They didn't go shirtless for this, thank God, because they had enough skin exposed Mm. but so before this match they're like we're gonna take a two minute break to set up the ring this is gonna be really violent if you don't want to be here get the fuck out was actually how they put it love that and then i looked around and people were putting on goggles and they were putting on face masks and i was like kyle oh my god do we need to worry about this and then they started putting up so they got all these light (gasps) tubes and they put light tubes around two sides of the ring and then they had a bunch more just like thick stacks of them inside the ring this is fucking insane and this in the corner is a door wrapped with barbed wire oh my god i want to go to one Uh, you have you can have any future tickets i have because this was not my thing i can now tell you definitively this was a big stress so like Kyle, God bless him, had bought this shirt last night. And he's like, here, put on the shirt and then you can pull up the collar. It's like cover your mouth that they'd start getting glass flying everywhere, which is the main concern for this when you're that close to it. Because these light tubes explode in a, like a cloud of glass dust. So for like the next you 30 seconds. you sign a waiver? No, you're just walking in. So for like the next 30 seconds, there's just like shards of glass in the air. And this was like the whole match. This was like a, you know, 15 minute thing maybe there's literally nothing i want to go to more now it was so crazy so they start they start it 
And they're like, rrr, like making faces at each other. And then as I can only assume an intimidation move, Jimmy Havoc screams and throws himself backwards onto one of the bundles of lights. So there's already glass everywhere and he's already bleeding. So then of course Nick Gage does the same thing. So they're already bleeding, there's already glass all over the ring. Mm. The officials had to keep sweeping the glass out of the ring. So you're just constantly hearing broken glass shatter everywhere. Then, then Nick Gage put Jimmy Havoc in the corner and pulled out a stapler gun and put a bunch of staples in his face and stapled his dick. Yeah. And <laughs> did he pull it out? No, Picture just like it. through the pants. So I'm sure no, it was not didn't. actually touching skin. But that was the idea. Um, no, I bet this dude likes that. He's his dick's totally pierced, right? I mean, I would. Yeah, I get that vibe. So he they, seems like that they wrestled too. a lot outside of the ring too with lights and things and you know went through the door there was blood everywhere none of it was like a serious wound thank god because i was really worried i was gonna see a bad thing like we've covered in some of our (laughs) episodes before but there was enough blood everywhere where i was like really uncomfortable and they also they had to like move people so much for this one because of the glass and everything like if they'll come out and do something in the crowd they'll be like move and they'll scoot you back a couple chairs and like make a little path but for this one they were like really move and everyone basically had to like flee the whole side of the ring (laughs) so it was just like in this stampede of like 40 year old men (laughs) with like broken glass in the air and all this stuff and i was like ah this is not my scene guys it was so much this is gonna seem like a very strange question which means that it definitely is what did it smell like Oh, like, um... Was it, like, did it like smell ozone. like pennies? Yeah, like ozone and, like, pennies. So you get, like, the kind of, like, ozone smell Holy of, like, fuck. broken glass, you know? Yeah. And, like, the filaments. And you could smell the blood and, like, sweat. And it was, like, extremely primal. And I had a huge conversation with my husband about this, too. It was like, wow... I mean, I get why this entertainment is out there for people, but like this is a this is a thing that appeals to someone who's not me because I don't think I'm hardwired to get the like good rush out of that type of like animal behavior. But it was I'm ex- broken, extremely animalistic. <laughs> that <sounds> great. <laughs> no, it was extremely animalistic, and everyone was like, most people there were like really into it. Yeah. Um, Sarah, can I ask if yes. you could adjust the same match uh-huh. in a way that would make it palatable for you? Yeah. What would you have had them do? Honestly, probably less glass because I was very stressed about the broken glass. That's really fair. The glass dust. Because, like, yeah. the broken glass is one thing, but, like, the dust and, like, the photographers had to be really close to it. And they had, like, it was like they were going into the desert. Like, they had, like, I feel like- wraps around their head and stuff. And then I got worried about everyone else's safety, too. And then I was like, oh, the wrestlers are breathing this in. And You're I got, so sweet. I, I'm such a of mom. Course. No, you I got are. so distracted so by it. But, like... I, I think if there was I would have too I understand yeah the glass stuff is like it look it sounds amazing when that mm. first like explosion of it and it's very dramatic but I just got so worried about that glass dust totally but anyway I mean we saw it we we went through it and then we were walking out and there was just blood everywhere oh my god just like on the ground and stuff I yeah, I th- I feel like maybe they should have just provided masks for people. I think that would be nice, actually. Because they're like the the kind that you get for like bad smog days or fires are not expensive, and they mm-hmm. come in packs of like forty. So I don't know. I feel like that might have been probably a better move. Yeah, at or least to for say your photographers, or get like a fucking like email out when you buy a ticket that's just like, hey, and maybe Kyle did, and he just didn't tell you. Wow. 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 Okay. Yeah, he was like, this is where I find out Kyle's been trying to murder me. (laughs) 
He's bad at murdering you. He's really bad at it. He's going to be really mad when he hears this part. I know you're not trying to murder me, Kyle. Uh, but it was a real experience. And I had yeah, a... don't make him mad enough to murder you, Yeah, Sarah. I know. Oh, my God. What? Did we... Did we cause this if Sarah dies? <laughs> Are you culpable? <laughs> no, jury would convict you. Uh, now they would. They're going to play this in court. And oh, my be God. Like, Can you believe these people think they're fucking funny? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to convict us of not being funny. Yeah. It'll be the real crime. That might hurt me the most. Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I would be sad if you died. So oh, I'm thank kidding. you. Thank you. Well, and I'd be furious with Kyle if he murdered you. <laughs> I would Thank also you. be furious. Thanks, I would, guys. Uh, dare I say, not be friends with Kyle anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we all know where we stand. I would yeah. end my friendship with Kyle if he murdered you. <laughs> It'd be a conversation between me and him, and then I'd, after I talked to him, I'd make up my mind. <laughs> I'm kidding. He'd, wow. Look, if he murdered you, he'd be canceled in my book. <laughs> <laughs> this really went like a lot of places. Um, Can we call the episode Kyle's Canceled? No, we'd be so sad. You, okay, he probably bye. really would be. I don't I want thought to he'd like him. it. Well, we'll see. Uh, but guys, it was a real it was a real journey last night. Yes. Uh, the show in general, I had a ton of fun with. I thought everyone was a really fabulous like athlete and performer. I would definitely go to one of their shows again. So we should we should go as a crew next time. Love. It was very fun. Also, the tickets were very cheap. They were twenty five dollars. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally would have gone. Yeah, great. They just sell out fast. So we'll coordinate yeah. next time. As long as my husband doesn't murder me, we'll go as a team. <laughs> Barring, I mean, that's always Barring the murder. risk. That's the risk we run. Yeah, you know. Barring my husband not murdering me. Um, oh, boy. Okay, so uh, because Katie is not here, uh, I forget which one of you had the brilliant idea to do a Katie-themed podcast. I think it was Katie. Was it Katie? <laughs> was it fucking Katie? It was. <laughs> That's actually the best because I thought it was fully a surprise. <laughs> no, I just, we kept the people a surprise. Yes, but. we did. So I asked Mike, who should I cover? And he said, Miss Elizabeth. Yay, I'm so excited. Yes. So Miss Elizabeth, I uh, was born Elizabeth Ann Hewitt on November 19th, 1960. So she's a Scorpio queen. Oh, hell yeah. Um, and she's best known for professional wrestling circles as Miss Elizabeth and was a wrestling manager and occasional professor professional wrestler when i say occasional i mean like literally one time Mm, um or two or i guess not literally then Hmm. anyway she gained international fame from 1985 to 1992 and wwf now wwe and then from 96 to 2000 and uh wcw and she is primarily known as the manager to macho man randy savage Mm -hmm. as well as other wrestlers of that period she was born in kentucky and graduated from University of Kentucky with a degree in communications. Uh, I chose this like Audrey Hepburn Moon River photo of yeah. her. Um, just because I like this look. She's just like a beautiful 80s woman. Mm-hmm. Great cheekbones. Mm-hmm. Um, her hair is really fabulous. Her hair is. You know, it's like that 80s. It's that 80s look that people always try to achieve and kind of look tacky. And Mm -hmm. now it's like it it has so much volume and body that I'm like, is this going to come back because I like this look? I think it's kind of starting to because the shag was such a big haircut already this year. And this is like what the shag became in in the past. So I think this Mm. is going to be next. Okay, here we come. The feathers. It's it's sort of like the 80s version of the Farrah Fawcett. I mean, I've been feathering my bangs for like months. Mm. And look, I look, I mean, it's fine. I like it. Ahead of the curve. My mom made fun of me. Uh, It's fine. She loves me. (laughs) So it seems like she got her start in wrestling when she started working at the International Championship Wrestling Show. 
Shows, and she met Macho Man Randy Savage. Um, I'm not sure in what capacity she was working there. I don't know if she was working as a manager yet or if she was like a server or just worked at the door or what. So I don't know. But you might be asking, did they get married? In which I would respond, they sure did. Ooh. In December of 1984, about six months before, he debuted at WWF. (gasps) So several managers were ringside, hoping he'd name one of them his manager. And instead, he calls this hot woman (laughs) to him. Like, truly, he was just like, thanks, guys, so much for coming. But I already have a manager. And then she comes out and announcer Bruner Sammartino, remember Mm -hmm, him, mm -hmm. uh, remarks, she must be some sort of movie star due to her glamorous sex appeal. Oh, so I have my glamorous. arms widespread to sell the sex appeal. So glam. Um, here she is, point blank, pepper spraying a man in the face. I ref- That's so funny. I refuse to give context or to understand what this mm-hmm. came from. It just popped up and I was like, sure. Mm-hmm. And then in uh, classic 80s workout gear. Her tights well. are so shiny. They're very shiny tights. I love the tights that look like just a shade off of your skin color. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're like a little bit orangey. Yeah. They're corpse-like, if yes. we're being honest. Mm-hmm. They're shiny corpses. But she's got a so. cute crop top. I would wear that crop top. It's true. It's a good look. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, so some fun kayfabe. Her first major angle is during uh, Ran, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage's feud with the animal in 1986. And so in this angle... Uh, the animal fell in love with Elizabeth, angering Savage and leading to a series of grudge matches between him <laughs> and Steel. It's George the Animal Steel. Their feud was one of the WWF's most popular of the 1980s, and it carried on for more than a year <laughs> thanks to the feral the animal's continued innocent crush on Elizabeth. Oh. I. It's shocking how many wrestling storylines stem from having a crush on another man's mm-hmm. woman. It's like totally wild to me. It makes sense. It's like, I don't know, pretty base human emotions, but yeah. it's still shocking. The Honky Tonk Man. <gasps> Ooh. Um, hmm. 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 Challenged uh, Macho Man Randy Savage to a match in which Honky shoved Elizabeth into a mat before assaulting Savage with a guitar. <laughs> um, throughout the Savage Honky feud, a key point in the Honky's claim was that Elizabeth secretly wanted him more than Savage. Which, you know, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, in several of their matches, Honky would try to corner Elizabeth, which I personally find appealing. And Savage would beat him back. In other Savage tonky, Honky matches, a woman named Peggy Sue, uh, usually Sherry Martell or uh, dressed up Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart, which, mm-hmm. I mean, please write that down. Jimmy Mouth of of the South heart for Katie, dear Christ, yeah, would harass Elizabeth at, at ringside, creating an advantage for Honky. Uh, the 1987 Slammy Awards, they named uh, Elizabeth Woman of the Year, but the honor was only to harass her and anger Savage. Uh, Savage quickly ran Honky off. So How very, rude. Really fun, um, playful dynamic, which used Wikipedia, whoever wrote it, wrote assault like three times. So wow. really fun, cool, lighthearted. It gets worse. Um, but here she has this great like Phantom of the Opera black dress. She totally dies. With a weird bow in her hair that's yellow and black. And it's then, like Halloween streamers. It truly, yes. 
I was trying to think of what it was. It yeah. looks or like a doll's wig. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where they're like the doll is too cheap to have the individual strands of hair. Yes. So it's just like weird clumps. I will point out this eighties hairstyle is something I think I could do because like my hair kind of whips in that same yeah. way. But there's bangs underneath it and it is <laughs> always baffling to me. Oh god. That like like kind of a whip and then like straight a bangs. Way. A layer underneath. It's like she's a like Can a peak with her bangs. I, that's so much hair in places. Yeah, it's Ugh. like everyone's '80s wedding photos. Like my yeah. mother had that hair, 100. Mm-hmm. percent um, And then also this cool bikini shot with her and Randy, Randy Macho Man Savage, which looks you know unposed. They're just hanging. Yeah, this is like a cute candid. <laughs> I'm gonna post this one because it's, it's really good. It's just like her suit is cute. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so ready to get WWF 80s style bummed out. Hell yeah. Great. We've had it too good for too We've long. We've had it too good for too long. At the first ever SummerSlam, the Mega Powers, which is Mandy Rach- Macho Man, ugh, Randy Savage, and Hulk were battling the Mega Buck, which I'm confused by. I don't know who it is. I refuse to look. Uh, but most of the pre-match buildup was centered on Elizabeth because the people, they loved her. She was a regular Princess die, is what I wrote last night at <laughs> 11 o'clock. A regular Princess die. I don't know. Um, and then the, tea, the tease was that if things got bad during the match, Elizabeth was going to wear sexy red panties under her fancy clothes. Oh. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the match, Andre and DeBias, who I assume are in the mega buck. <laughs> it's DiBiase. DiBiase. We're in control. Uh, we're in control. So Elizabeth got up on the on the apron and ripped her skirt off to reveal her panties, which distracted Andre DiBiase and Ventura. Don't know where he was. He was there. <clears throat> Somewhere. Giving Savage and Hogan time to recover after being knocked out of the ring. So cool very cool in the post-match celebration hogan and savage lift elizabeth onto savage's shoulders again remember they're really married i just want to say that and after doing so hogan reached up and touched elizabeth's butt causing savage to become irate after reviewing the video footage we're gonna put a pin in that for now because i don't know maybe that's like a major part of this woman's life yeah (laughs) is those two men feuding Mm. um anyway so then uh there's some other fun stuff which one wrestler accused her of doing favors for WWF president Jack Tunney. Oh, cool. Uh, And also, courtesy of 1991, Savage gained a pinfall victory when Roberts beat down Savage and forced Elizabeth to beg him to stop the beating on her knees, and then Mm. apparently dissatisfied, he grabbed her by the hair and slapped her across the face. Rad. 91. Cool. Um, Doing good. That's only a few for now. In the meantime, look at this cool towel she has of her body. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's like a, a pinup style cartoon of her. I truly love this. Um, I would find it on eBay. But yeah, and so then, you know, classic cocktail queen. Mm-hmm. We haven't really been describing it, but it seems like black and yellow is kind of a pattern. Yeah, um, because it's that's Randy Savage's color palette, right? Makes sense, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, high gloves. She's just like a fit pretty mall woman a lot of sequins which i appreciate yeah they just make her like really glam like 80s princess absolutely um so i said put a pin in that thing here we go here's the pin we're removing the pin see the the blood come out so elizabeth (laughs) became the catalyst in the uneasy and ultimate breakup of uh the savage hogan relationship particularly because of hogan's overprotective 
uh, over-friendly attitude towards Elizabeth. Uh. I will say, I don't know if this is kayfabe, uh, mainly because some of the articles I read, Hulk Hogan was, like, talking about it, and it Mm. seemed like, no, he was, like, kind of hitting on Elizabeth a little Mm. bit. And again... Randy Macho Man Savage, or I can never say his fucking name right. Macho Man Randy Savage. Thank you, Mike. That's why you're here. Macho Man Randy Savage. It makes sense to put it in the middle, right? Yeah, it does. Anyway, Macho Man Randy Savage is married to her. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that would make you uncomfortable if your wife is getting hit on by your tag team partner, especially because Hulk Hogan, as we all know, total piece of shit. Don't know if Randy is better, but we'll see. All right. So... Um, there's a match against Akeem when Elizabeth's safety... I'll just give you a couple examples. Of, that's the transition. <laughs> in the match against Akeem, Elizabeth's safety was endangered by Akeem and his allies, Slick, and Akeem's tag team partner, the Big Boss Man, who, by the way, wrestled together as the Twin Towers. Yikes. Uh, put a pin in that for a later episode. That sounds fun. Uh, when they began stalking Elizabeth. Again, using words like stalking mm-hmm, in this Wikipedia mm-hmm. article. Uh, during a climactic point in the match, when Hogan was being beaten by Akeem, Big Boss Man grabbed Elizabeth and placed her in handcuffs, stopped only when Savage ran out to make the save, and uh, he checked on Elizabeth's well-being, but he was kind of unconcerned about mm. Hogan. So then, at Survivor Series, Hogan's obviously friendly behavior towards Elizabeth angered Savage, and Jesse Ventura played it up during a post-match interview with Savage, and Savage uh, emphatically denied any animosity but would become increasingly jealous and wary of Hogan as the weeks went by, which is, like, wild because these men are known to be so chill. And yeah. so I don't know, like, wh- it's yeah. crazy to think that they could get their blood rushing like that. They're friends and they do yoga together. Yes. And again, this this phrasing makes me feel like it's kayfabe, but also it could not be. Like, I truly don't. Yeah. This is kind of the fact or fiction thing. Um, and then a sequence of events began when Akeem threw Savage onto Elizabeth, who was knocked unconscious Ooh. from the force of the blow. That's kayfabe, obviously. And then Hogan immediately ran to her aid and was distraught and carried her backstage for medical attention. And then the match continued, and eventually she regained consciousness and asked Hogan to return to the ring because she had to have him win. He Aww. had to win. And then Savage was furious over being left to take a beating, so he slapped Hogan in the face oh, no. and then left him to face the Twin Towers alone. Uh, Hogan eventually won single-handed because he never lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, following the match backstage, Savage and Hogan had a loud verbal argument with Elizabeth while she was receiving medical attention. Ugh, rude. And it culminated with Savage blindsiding Hogan with a championship belt and beating him. Now. So. Then there's this whole thing where they went up at WrestleMania 5 with Savage accusing Hogan of lusting after Elizabeth. Again, like, this is his wife. Yeah. <laughs> and then replaced her with, uh, and then uh, Savage replaced Elizabeth with Sensational Sherry. Yeah. Savage did because he's Savage. <laughs> so, so, wow. I gotta say, I know, there's so there's much. so much drama. So Miss much Elizabeth, drama in the LVC. <laughs> isn't it isn't it hard to be a woman who is just so lusted after? I know. But like I have the to damsel. say the damsel. The damsel. Her outfits on the slide, I think I honestly love all of them. I know. Would probably wear two out of the three of these. Mm. She's got this like 
pink off the shoulder like frilly ball like gown. pretty and pink yeah it's very pretty yeah. and pink but like the dress before she ruins it 100 percent. andy could not so in that movie i'm just gonna say and then yeah. this like black and white polka dot dress is super cute it is cute it's strapless which my, is not my fave but it looks good on her this actually looks like what my mother wore to her engagement dinner oh really which, or not engagement uh the Rehearsal one dinner yeah the one mm-hmm. before the wedding um yes and this like purple sequin one is also quite fierce yes absolutely they're good looks like mm-hmm. they're good looks she's very beautiful um this one the damsel in distress thing is when she gets knocked unconscious and it looks like a painting from like the renaissance it totally does because of, of like, the dramatic lighting yes it's very specific i'll post that one too <gasps> um so miss elizabeth started wrestling uh, against Sherry in 1990 when she was teamed with Sapphire and Dusty Rhodes. So Miss Elizabeth started working with Sapphire and Dusty Rhodes. Uh, in 91, she fought Sherry when Savage lost and Sherry beat him. Uh, and then, not sure if that was like after or before. What? And then Macho Man punctuated the reunion by holding down the ropes for Elizabeth after years of her doing it for him. How sweet. I know. And then June 17th, 1991, during a taping of WWF Superstars of Wrestling, in an in-ring segment, uh, Gene Okerlund announced Macho Man Randy Savage proposed to Miss Elizabeth, and she accepted. <gasps> and then there's a heavily promoted on-air wedding billed as the match made in heaven on August 26, 1991 at SummerSlam. Wow. At the wedding reception. Elizabeth opened a gift package containing a live snake, which frightened her. Jake the Snake and the Undertaker crashed the reception and attacked Savage. Ah. <laughs> if oh you my think God. I'm not giving Alex and Katie a live snake for their wedding, you fucking get you you don't know what's coming. Yep. <laughs> They're we'll getting come a live snake. As the Undertaker. They're getting a live snake. <laughs> um yeah, so here is her very eighties. Entirely covered up wedding dress. I do find it's that interesting. It's quite demure. It's very demure. And then I wanted you to make. I wanted to make sure you saw his hat. He's so that's like a gold lame cowboy hat with a big old plume. I mean, truly big beautiful old is truly an understatement. Yeah, and the long fringe. Wow, this is yeah. some would say streamers. It's like a harlequin vibe on his pants with the diamonds. I love the diamonds. I like to think of it as a fence that's been. Like, yeah. He just leaned against the white fence. He leans against the trellis they usually bring up. Yeah, he was like, I wasn't gold, but now I have trellis print. (laughs) Mike, are you going to say something about this wedding? Uh, Just, do you guys think it'd be cool if I wore that hat at my wedding? I do think so. Yes, I do think so. Wow. Maybe I will. Okay. Sounds good. Mike, I dare you to do it. Ooh. Ooh, he just looked off into the distance. He can never resist. He's considering it. He's considering it. Never is this to dare. Um, anyway, did you think we were done with the bummer stuff? No. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, in her final WWF angle, um, world heavyweight champion Ric Flair, the best person, uh-huh. uh, bragged that he dated Elizabeth before Savage met her. And his tagline was, she was mine before she was yours. Oh. And he showed photos of himself with Elizabeth in casual situations, which were later printed in an issue of WWF magazine. Mm-hmm. And it was revealed that they were, in fact, photos of Savage and Elizabeth, which Flair had doctored. Oh, that's so funny. Again, like before digital cameras. So there, someone was cutting someone out a little cut picture. cut out. Cut it out and had to make it look seamless. That's wild. It's so funny. I imagine him, him doing it. I don't want to... I don't want to think about it. He's got his little else. glue stick and he's like, Ooh. oh my God, absolutely. Just doing some crafts. Woo! Woo. <laughs> so 
<laughs> anyway, so Flair and with Mr. Perfect as his executive consultant. So they're going to show a nude photo of Elizabeth on the screen at WrestleMania 8. Oh. It didn't occur. Um, good. But wow, what a good promotion. Uh, during the match on April 5th, 1992, Elizabeth made her way ringside um, against the wishes of WWF officials. After Savage pinned Flair to win the WWF World Heavyweight Championship, an angry Flair cornered Elizabeth, began to kiss her. No! Elizabeth slapped Flair away, and Savage began beating Flair until two, the ring officials broke the two up. So, all kayfabe, but wow, what a cool thing. So intense. So, so cool. intense. Um, let's talk about looks on this page, because we've got some. I mean, so I wonder if this is a SummerSlam promo picture. It looks because like. Because of the fireworks. Yeah. And that seems to um, that seems to be, you know, kind of the vibe there with the fireworks and the, the summary look. I like her leotard here that's Paisley. That's why I chose it. It's really good. I wanted good. to show the Paisley leotard. Okay. Oh, my God. All right, so I'm going to go faster because this is intense and I did not edit, and I am sorry. Um, so Elizabeth and Macho Man Randy Savage got divorced in oh. 92, which is very sad. But in 96, she returned as a manager for him and Hogan for a bit and then joined NWO. Uh, in 1998, she parted ways with Savage again and joined the black and white NWO, NWO Hollywood. And then she accompanied Eric Bischoffin. Uh, Bischoffin? It's just Bischoff, Bischoff, I think. Bischoff? Oh, it says Eric Bischoff on, and I just <laughs> ran it all together. Great. Good job, Christina. On his way to the ring for the next few months and, de- and made fun of Savage a lot, and he coldly reminded her that he got over her a long time ago and didn't need her. Cool. More depressing stuff. On January 4th episode of Nitro, she was talking to police detectives. According to the storyline, she claimed that Bill Goldberg was stalking her and even accosted her by the water cooler. She then filed charges against Goldberg. Goldberg was arrested later that night for aggravated stalking and was taken into custody by the police. However, that later that night again, Elizabeth admitted she was lying. Oh, good. Yeah. What a good thing to put out there. Cool, fun energy. NWO dress with sequins. Uh, that's... Kind of great. Romy and she's and dressed Michelle, as a yeah. high school reunion I was cosplay. Say it's fembot, but yes. yeah. Oh my god, it is the fembot. Yes. Yeah. Um, so then she wrestled for the first time ever, like for real, for real, against Daphne in May 2000, which is kind of crazy. Uh, she was married to a South Florida attorney for two years, and then she started dating Lex Luger in 2000, um, who was another wrestler. And, um, you know now more bummer stuff uh which mm. was that april 19 2003 she was involved in a domestic dispute with luger who allegedly struck her in the garage of their townhouse in georgia um the police found elizabeth with two bruised eyes a mm. bump on her head and a cut lip he was charged with a misdemeanor count of battery and released on a twenty five hundred dollar bond two days later on the 21st he was arrested for driving under the influence after rear-ending another car with his porsche oh god according to a report uh he had slurred speech bloodshot eyes and could not locate his driver's license he also had a nine millimeter luger handgun in the car elizabeth was a passenger in the vehicle was sent home in a taxi um and then a couple more days later on may 1st uh elizabeth passed away so a medical examiner i know listed the cause of death as acute toxicity brought on by a mix of painkillers and vodka and the death was ruled an accident oh Um, my god so very sad tragic ending um yeah there wasn't much i don't think there was much known about her addiction i don't think it was like part of her whole vibe yeah 
And I'm going to do a, another, tra- I'm going into another transition. However, okay. I phrased it earlier just by saying that this slide is a collection of looks I imagine on Katie. Oh, that's fun. Which I will post because they are my guy. cool, fun looks. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's they're, it. They're really, they're good. I can see that that spangled star jacket on her in particular. Yeah. But Miss Elizabeth, what a, I know. what a, it seems like she just was. That that timing really gets you if you're a woman in the wrestling world. I feel I like, right? It's the it's the like haze of the '80s and mm-hmm. '90s. I, I mean, I will say her legacy is um, she's like considered one of the greatest managers of all time. People so, love her. Yeah, people yeah. love her. Really she's beloved. very well regarded. So sad, but I'm glad we can you know continue to celebrate her now. She mm-hmm. always had impeccable style all the way through. Yeah, um, I gotta say, of the eighties. I've gotta say, yeah, and in the eighties, to look good is like she, really something. Yeah, really commendable work there. And also, clearly, she um, was a dedicated performer mm-hmm. above and beyond being a beautiful person. So yes, oh, real fascinating. And this is going to be another transition. Yes, we're doing more transitions. Silly, silly worlds. Um, he's cool. He's cocky. He's bad. It's the honky tonk man. Whoa, that guy we just talked about. So surprise, we're talking about the honky tonk man. Um, we we ended up doing wrestlers of overlapping eras, Katie, just because we thought we'd, you'd like both of these. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some fun gifts of him here, doing his little shimmies in the ring wow. slash getting hit by a guitar. Um, so you can get a real good sense of his vibe here. Shimmying and being hit by guitars is. A pretty good summary of it. All right, all right. Holy fuck. So Wayne Ferris was born on January 25th, 1953. So he's an Aquarius. Oh. In Bolivar, Tennessee. Fun fact, he's the cousin of wrestler and commentator Jerry Lawler. Oh, that is. <laughs> so he began wrestling in 1977 in Missouri and around the South, mostly as Dynamite Wayne Harris. But then he teamed with Larry Lantham to form the Blonde Bombers. They got their name from the fact that both had blonde hair and were powerful. So I have a picture of them here. There he is on the right. He had like a beard and like wow. some real blonde daddy hair. And here's him with a bandaid on his forehead. So you can <sighs> see they really leaned into the blonde thing. And he was like a large beefy man. Yeah. Um, they were heels who got involved in a lot of big feuds across Tennessee promotions. But I'm just going to highlight arguably their most famous match. The Tupelo concession stand brawl against Jerry Lawler and Nick Dundee. The Blonde Bombers were initially named the winners, but everyone just kept fighting. <laughs> they had to, like, end the broadcast, and then the producers were like, hey, get a camera down there. And they just ended up continuing filming kind of illegally. Whoa. Um, the fight eventually spilled out of the ring and went over to the snack stand, where they started hitting each other with, like, gallon jugs, Holy mustard, shit. and mops, and, like, chips. I wow. have the whole link of it we'll put in the show notes. It's really funny. And it's, right. like, a bunch of dads hitting each other with mustard bottles. Big fan of that. So, obviously, Wayne has a real Southern vibe to him. Holy God. That continued when he signed with the WWF in 1986 under the name The Honky Tonk Man. He was originally pushed as a baby face with an Elvis impersonator Mm -hmm. gimmick, but then he cut promos with Jesse Ventura in which he insulted fans. Oh, uh, wow. He said How he, dare he? He said he worked better as a heel anyway. He was kind of surprised they tried to use him as a baby face for a while. Mm. But then it became clear that he should be a heel. So he added Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart as his manager. Oh, my God. Jimmy Hart was billed as Colonel Jimmy Hart for Honky Tonk Man's matches as a reference to Elvis's oh. manager, Colonel Tom Parker. Oh, my God. I love this so much. So So funny. here they are here. You can see this when he entered as a baby face, he really was just like a thick boy in a one-strap singlet mm-hmm. um, with like a guitar on his pants Mm. but he did dye his hair black and like do the mutton chops and make it into like an elvis look Mm -hmm. but then they added colonel jimmy hart who usually wore a suit with either big musical notes on it or like the keyboard keyboard is bonkers and like embellished sunglasses and he would come with him to the ring and it's 
genuinely very funny. I would love that jacket. Um, it's great. It's, it's really good. He has a black version too. So good, bad. I love it. Yeah. So Honky Tonk Man's entrance music is cool, cocky, bad, and it's honestly pretty good. It's like a good rockabilly song. Oh, man. So his first major feud was against Jake the Snake Roberts. Honky mm. Tonk Man attacked Jake the Snake on the set of his talk show, The Snake Pit. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> he was supposed to hit him across snake. the back with a gimmicked balsa wood guitar. <laughs> But Jake thinks the Honky Tonk Man grabbed a real guitar by mistake, legitimately injuring him and starting his dependence on pain medication. Oh, my God. He said he was taking pieces of wood out of his back for weeks. I have the video I'm going to link. He has to hit him several times with the guitar before it breaks. Um, Honky Tonk Man disagrees, and Jake the Snake was known to have a dependence on painkillers before this, so the timeline's really muddy. Can you imagine blaming another person for that? I mean, yeah, it's like regardless, it's a messy situation, but like clearly something was wrong with the guitar because it took too many hits to break. So that's a still from that down here. And he kind of almost does like a, um, oh, why am I blanking on it? Look at his little tie. He's having a hot girl summer tying up his shirt like that. He is hot girl summer. Uh, Who is Elias? God, I blanked on his name. He kind of does an Elias thing where he's like works up to sing and then he doesn't sing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which is part of his gimmick. It's Mm kind of fun. That is fun. So, oh my gosh. in 1987, Honky Tonk Man defeated Ricky the Steamboat Dragon. Love that name so much. I mean, for the WWF Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. That was supposed to be temporary, but Jake the Snake, who was getting a big push at this time, failed some drug tests, and Honky Tonk Man remained the champion to fill in for him. Mm. He credits Hulk Hogan for this in part. He says Hulk advocated for him to Vince McMahon, who had someone else in mind to fill in. But, uh,. This led to what the longest championship run for this title in WWE history. He was definitely wow. a heel during this championship run, though. Part of the reason why he lasted so long is because he deliberately get himself counted out or disqualified during matches because you could only forfeit the title by, like, pinfall or submission. Mm. Uh, he also feuded with Randy Savage, as we covered, and mm-hmm. he deliberately flirted with Miss Elizabeth to make him mad. So yes. that was like a big part of his personality was he was kind of like a ladies man. He's like, uh-huh. no one can resist the honky tonk man. Of course. And so I have some of his jumpsuits here. He did wear the like Elvis jumpsuit to wrestle, which I think is so cool. And honestly, his outfits are beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was kind of shocked when I looked into this. Like, yeah, the, like the craft that stitching. went into it. It's gorgeous. He has this this blue embroidered one that has a smaller image of himself in the center of it. Love it. Um, and it has musical notes on it. He also often wears this really sparkly red and white one with, with white roses mm. on it. And he also has a navy blue one with like big pale blue dahlias on it that mm. I think is really exquisite. But they even had like a funny version of the belt made for him that looks like kind of embroidered. Like it's a honky tonk man belt. It has his pink Cadillac on it's it. It's a great belt. It's so good. And he, he, in his theme song, he talks about how he's riding around town in a pink Cadillac. So mm. it's like a reference to his whole vibe. But deal. then you can see um, Colonel here with some of his other oh embellished jackets in the ring with him. They're I, just so good. I think I'm into this look. It's a really, honestly, it fits his body type well, too, in a way that I don't think the singlet did. It's a good look for him. So during his feud with Brutus the Barber Beefcake, he was (laughs) often accompanied to the ring by a woman named Peggy Sue, who you mentioned. So like we said, it's usually Sherry Martell for the TV tapings. But when they weren't on TV, it was generally Jimmy Hart dressed in drag. Um, I couldn't find pictures of that. I can only imagine it was not sensitive. Oh, my God. So Beefcake countered with Georgina, who was George the Animal Steel in drag. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we see Peggy Sue. They really just put her in a very lackluster blonde wig and, like, sunglasses. Mm-hmm. But she has, like, a, a shiny poodle skirt on. Yeah. And, like, sense. a little sweater. And she would come, like, shimmy with him in the ring. And it's, it's kind of cute, honestly. That is cute. 
so he held the Intercontinental Championship for a record 64 weeks before finally losing it to the Ultimate Warrior at SummerSlam in 1988. Mm, um, there was this thing where I have, I'll link to this too. I have a ton of links this time where he was like, who's going to come challenge me at SummerSlam? And he's like, no one's going to come out. And then the Ultimate Warrior sprinted full speed into the ring and took him out in 31 seconds. Oh my God. So it was really funny, and everyone like lost their minds because he was such a like hated heel by this point. Yeah, that it was just like everyone was so happy. But after he lost this, he started moving further down the card. Um, he made a couple unsuccessful attempts to get the title back, and then was just like, okay, I'm just like a mid tier hmm. star now. Um, shortly before stepping down from the WWF in the early 90s, he formed a tag team called Rhythm and Blues with Greg Valentine. Oh I God. just thought that was fun. That is fun. That's Rhythm and Blues on their way to the ring. It's good jacket. Um, so for a while, Greg Valentine was still blonde, but then eventually they dyed his hair black too. So they were basically oh two identical Elvis impersonators. Oh my God. Which I think is extremely funny. And I'm definitely going to post this picture. It's a promo shot that they did where they're all in like incredible beautiful that's outfits fun, that's a fun poster to get framed in your home isn't it great to be honest it looks cool and they have like a gold record i don't know what the gold record is supposed to be but i don't know it's really funny wow um yeah and he basically wore the same stuff like kind of music note embroidered outfits greg valentine did i mean and they looked like a cute couple oh my goodness so honky tonk man wrestled in a couple of other promotions in the 90s but ultimately returned to the wwf full-time in 1997 as a color commentator he did a couple of like pretty goofy matches in the late 2000s they had some things set up where like a couple wrestlers were like we want to beat your record and you know he did a couple little things with them so honky tonk man kept the name honky tonk man the whole time he did even in other promotions that was that was his thing he was really and he was still the elvis impersonator like he was really committed to this gimmick wow yeah he really believed in it um so then he basically was like done with wrestling by the time like the late 90s rolled around. Uh, I do have one gross story. In 2008, his right index finger was almost severed. Yee! He was making an appearance in Canada and a fan suggested they take a picture clashing guitars since he's known for breaking guitars. Uh-huh. But Honky Tonk Man's guitar slipped and the neck nearly cut his finger off because it got pinched. So he went straight to the hospital and, you know, got it stitched up, but he couldn't wrestle that night. He was supposed to make an appearance in the show, but he came out like clearly addled on like pain medicine and like in pain and like sang his theme song. Oh my God. That fan. I know. Can you imagine? I know. But also it's like, I almost made him with his finger for this picture. And I tried to find a video of him singing, but I couldn't. Yeah, except it was probably like a 35-year-old guy. Yeah, yeah, that's the impression I did. I know, I'm just saying. Yes. Visually. Perfect, a perfect that's impression. impression. So, Actually, I think the Bullet Club's better, sorry. Um, <laughs> this may mean it's for the Bullet Club. <laughs> so Honky Tonk Man was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame just this year, in 2019. Oh. Um, these oh days, my god, he looks like Wayne Newton. I know, he looks like Wayne Newton in this picture, and he's he's wearing his classic blue suit with a picture of himself on it and his beautiful belt. Uh, such a good look. Mm-hmm. Still looks pretty good on him. Um, these days, he mostly tours the independent circuit as just like a, a promotional figure. He doesn't wrestle. Mm. He also has a podcast. Oh. Um, his website was also somewhat controversial back in the day, apparently. I couldn't find a lot of information on this, but mm. I guess he and other wrestlers who had like personal websites would like start fights in the comments. So the, oh, so the forum was yeah, crazy. Yeah, the forum was crazy, and the websites became these huge draw for fans, but it was shut down in 2006. I'm really big in the honky-tonk man forums. Yeah. 
I guess it was kind of wild. I don't know. I'll just go ham on the Honky Tonk Man forums. <laughs> it's like so 2006. I know. Uh, so what to do with this piece of information? He is in the Insane Clown Posse music video Shut for how many times? the fuck up. I didn't watch it, but he's in it apparently. Oh my goodness. So let's end with a quote from him. I enjoy teaching and training, but I will say this. I don't enjoy going into the ring with some of the young kids who only know how to be a stuntman. I'm not a stuntman. I'm a pro wrestler, and I do pro wrestling style stuff like a 60-year-old man does. <laughs> I'll do six mans and tag matches and have fun with it. The secret to any business is longevity. And he spoke a little bit more at length, but I thought that was a nice That's little nice. encapsulation. And I'll wow. link the whole interview in the notes. But he's like a really fascinating person honestly based on his look which is so over the top i thought there would be wilder stories about them out there yeah but it sounds like he's kind of just an old school wrestler who Mm. just hung around for a while partly because he didn't wrestle for so long Mm. Mm -hmm. so he had kind of longevity that way too because he was smart enough to not yeah hurt himself that's fascinating yeah i couldn't really get a sense of like what other wrestlers think of him i know some people think that the elvis thing was like kind of a dumb gimmick and some people think it's like funny i personally find it very funny because he committed to it so hard i just can't believe that he kept the name that way yeah because the gimmick i understand like of course there's room for this gimmick because elvis culture is very much a thing oh yeah Mm -hmm. but like the fact that his name was honky tonk man is shocking to me yeah well he said he was born in a bar oh my god that's how he got his name of course no i don't know i just thought it'd be funny if it was just like Honky Tonk Man, what a lame gimmick. You should be a cool like gimmick, like The Undertaker, like me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. All yeah. wrestling gimmicks are dumb. Why yeah. go after anybody's? Yeah. I know. The and Undertaker is... one is the coolest one, though, and you just, I, I'm surprised you used it as an example. To me, it's, no, you're right. it's no different than a Honky yeah. Tonk Man. No, you're right. You're right. But the, the name Honky Tonk Man specifically is so silly. Yeah, it really is. No? But it's because of the Honky Tonks, you know, the bars. The phrase Honky Tonk is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. The phrase, like it won't. Yeah, we've straight face said it like a hundred times this episode. Yeah, which it's lost all meaning. But also in the past, whenever we come across the honky tonk man with people we've covered, we always stop to laugh. Yeah, and really, is that what his legacy is all about? It might be. He seems to have no problem with like leaning into the comedic aspects of his mm-hmm. character. So, that, oh. Oh my God! Is that oh the God. redhead version of the Undertaker on our final thought slide? It is. He's in. He's in Spinal Tap here. And you know what? I never would have known that was him, except our beloved Paul Bearer is with him. True. Mm-hmm. Love Paul Bearer. Wow. wow! Looks like they're just having a boys' day out. They are going to a game. They're having a good time, just chilling. How tall is Paul Bearer? <sighs> is he short? Because the Undertaker's huge, right? I feel like Paul Bearer is maybe five eight or five nine. That seems too short for how tall the Undertaker is, though. Maybe the Undertaker's slouching. I don't know. Paul Bear reads as a, a under six foot guy to me. I agree. Mm-hmm. If only there was a way to look it up. We'll never look it up. We'll never know. <laughs> uh, do you have any final thoughts, Sarah? No. This I don't is... either. This was long. Cause... Yeah. Katie, we miss you. We went straight off the rails without you. You got to come back and keep us in check. Um, I feel ill. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited about the pod, though. This was yeah. really... I'm glad we finally did cover Honky Tonk Band. I yeah, was really excited when you... I was very excited when you called it. Yeah. This is... This is good we've we've filled in some gaps in our knowledge here that i think were really useful absolutely um yeah so if you would like to fill in some gaps in your knowledge transitions oh uh please check us out on social media at kfab podcast that's at k-a-y-f-a-b podcast if you want to see the looks we're talking about they're on instagram uh if you want to see recommend a wrestler for us to review uh please hit us up on twitter katie's over there she does a great job 
when she's not at weddings, she's tweeting about wrestling. Mm-hmm. And if you're 36 years old, hit up Christina on Bumble. Yeah. Ask, I, again. And set up a date ASAP. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday.